everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. You know, this morning, not that you care, but I'll tell you, I had a great breakfast at Waffle House, just right down the street. Last night I was thinking, I was like, you know, I'm going to go to Waffle House early Easter morning. So I was sitting there at the bar, sandwiched between people. We were just talking, having a great time. I had some waffles and two eggs over medium. So I'm feeling really, really good. You know, today, obviously it's Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which happens to be the most well-documented fact in ancient literature, which is cool. But also today is the Masters. Did you know that? The Masters. That's a golf tournament. So last night I was thinking about, okay, I can go to Waffle House. And then I thought, you know what? I checked some tea times. And there's a tea time available right now. If you just wait for a second, I'm going to go play a quick round of golf. Just, just, just hold on. I'll be right back, guys. Augusta National, Pebble Beach, Sawgrass. Well, I'm going to play where legends are made. This brings back so many fond memories. When I grew up, I played a lot of putt-putt. In fact, I was a member, a proud member, of the Professional Putters Association, known as the PPA. Let's see if I've still got it. giraffe on top of a golf hole? Man, that's rare. What a unicorn. No, it's not, because we're playing putt-putt. This is just business as usual. It's been a long time since I've tackled a PPA course. It's not easy. Okay, let's hit this last putt and get back to church. Been one of the greatest days in Masters history, plain and simple. And now it comes down to one putt for the win.
course, I just love the wildlife there. You saw all of the, the rhinoceros, and you saw the giraffe. That's what you get when you play professional golf. How are y'all doing? Now, hopefully I can make this turn. I'm kind of dangerous behind the wheel. Wait, wait, let's see if I can do it. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Uh-oh, uh-oh, wait, wait, wait. I, did, am I gonna make it? I did. It's a miracle. Hey, what's up, big man? Hey, hey, hey. What's up, what's up? Yeah, so. You know, I think after playing putt-putt, I think we're going to to put a putt-putt course over Lasso Ranch. We need to, because I don't think they're very expensive, I don't think, you know, just some cement and carpet, but I like the official PPA. Like, again, the Professional Putters Association, they have the orange, you know, bunkers and the orange, you know, little, anyway. We have our own caddy right here. Did I tell you today is the Masters? You know that, you know that. Today's Easter also, so I thought, you know, what if I talk about someone who is like synonymous with golf? What if I talk to you about someone who is the goat when it comes to golf? What if I talk to you about someone when you just use his first name? It's like everyone knows it. So on one hand, this guy is famous. He's as famous as you can be. He's won 82 PGA events, five masters. But on the other hand, he's infamous. The indiscretions, the, the injuries, the infidelities, the, the, the pain he's gone through, it's like, it's like none other. I'm talking about Tiger Woods. And I thought, on this Easter, what would Jesus, our resurrected Lord, say to Tiger Woods? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's presumptuous. How do you know what Jesus would say to Tiger Woods? Good question. Jesus talked to a lot of different people. He talked to large groups, he talked to small groups, and he talked one-on-one -on -one with just a wide range, a kaleidoscopic range of people. And he talked to some people back in the day who were sort of like Tiger Woods in that culture. If Jesus were to talk to Tiger Woods, I think he would probably meet him on the golf course, don't you? And maybe they would play a round of golf together. I think the first thing that Jesus would say to Tiger Woods is this, he would say, Tiger, I want you to know I love you and you matter to me. You know, I've studied about the life of Tiger and I know a little bit about his dysfunctional family, his, his domineering dad who sort of forced him to play golf, his mom who was so hurt and damaged by his father's infidelities. I think maybe, just maybe Tiger, because everything is about performance in his life, I, I think maybe Tiger, because of his family of origin, because of his daddy issues, is probably trying to perform to hear the words 
he didn't hear growing up, you matter to me, I love you. So I believe Jesus would say, Tiger, play for an audience of one. I love you. And all we have to do is look at the empty cross and the empty tomb and we see this love that's so large, that's so massive, that's so eternal, that's so also mysterious that our, that our brains can't even really understand the mystery of it. As we look at the cross, we see our sin. And, and Jesus would probably say that to Tiger. I mean, you might say, Tiger, look at your moral scorecard. Doesn't look that great. Mine doesn't look that great either. Yours doesn't either. Now, now God does say, if we can play perfect golf, he says this, perfect golf, then we can get in to heaven. Perfect. But one errant shot, one missed putt, and we're in serious trouble. Because the Bible says, and Jesus would explain this to Tiger, the payment of sin is death. God loves us so much, he's so holy, he's so just, he can't even glance or wink at sin. Sin had to have a payment. So God is the initiator of this plan and, and man couldn't pay for man's sins because man is a sinner. A sinner can't pay for a sinner. It had to be God. So Jesus, being God, became a man, fully God, fully man, again, something that our little brains can't, can't really understand. He lived this perfect life, died on the cross for the sins of the world. I mean, you're talking about love. Something we don't deserve. I don't deserve it on my best day, nor do you. And everything was initiated by God. So God rescued you from himself, for himself, and by himself. God. That's how much you're loved by God. However, sin had to have a payment. Who was the payment? Jesus. God poured out his justice, his wrath, his judgment on Jesus. On the cross, God treated Jesus like you and me so he could turn around and treat you and me like Jesus. That's love. Irrational. Unconditional. One of a kind love. Tiger, that's, that's the love. You know, I've been married for 40 years. I know that surprises a lot of you because you were like, man, I thought you were 45. <laughs> no, I'm 62. But I, I met my hot wife. You have to say that now, right? Everybody's hot. I met Lisa in church. That's a great place to meet someone. I mean, online is cool, I understand that, but it's kind of changed the dating game, but church is still a great place to meet the best people. So I met her, and I guess we'd been, we would call it official, I mean, I'm 15, for like three months. So I rolled the dice, and I thought, I'm gonna tell her I love her. I'm 15. You're thinking like, 
what does a 15 year old know about love? Well, I knew a lot. (laughs) So at this right moment, at the right time, I just gathered up enough to say, Lisa, I really like you. She goes, well, I like you. I said, I really enjoy spending time with you. I mean, I do. I really enjoy spending time with you too. I was thinking, Ed, don't choke. Lisa, those three words, I love you. Now it was quick when she returned, I love you too, but it seemed like an eternity, you know? Because if she had just looked at me and gone, hmm, well, my dreams are dashed. She said, I love you too. Ah, a life changer, a life changer. I love you too. I'm loved. I said, I loved you. And she returns it. I love you too. And then I even went a little crazy here, guys and girls. Again, we've been official for three months. I said, Lisa, I'm gonna marry you one day. I'm a prophet, right? Here's what she said. Well, I don't know about that because I wanna be a flight attendant and travel the world. I'm not, you know, I'm not really into that. God has put the cards on the table. I love you. You matter to me. Tiger, Jesus would say, you're loved. You're loved so much unconditionally, Tiger. You don't have to win tournaments. You don't have to make all the money. You don't have to do this or that. The God of the universe loves you so much. He wants to have this relationship with you. And and God sent Jesus to do what he did on the cross and to rise again. I really believe God would say that. You know, John 3, 16, most people know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You know that verse? I'm glad that verse does not read, for God so loved the sober. For God so loved the influencer. (laughs) For God so loved the blue checkers, you know, or the celebrities. No, no, it says, for God so loved the world. I'm sitting there this morning sandwiched between two people at Waffle House. Sweet people, I talked to them a little bit. Nice people. We would call them, oh, the gin pop. There's no difference in the gentleman I talked to in his 70s and the young family in their 30s. There's no difference in God's economy comparing them to Tiger Woods. There's none, there's none. They're loved radically, and so are you. But but, but God would say that, I believe, to to Tiger Woods. But we need to understand God has initiated this love. We can't initiate it. See, Tiger has kind of dabbled in Buddhism. And granted, Buddhism has some, some, some good things about it. However, Buddhism is a giant performance plan. Buddhism tries to eradicate suffering and evil, which is impossible. So Jesus would say, Tiger, I died 
on the cross for your suffering and pain. Tiger, you live and we live here. I'm, I'm with you here on this golf course in a broken world. I'll be with you in suffering, with you in pain. Buddhism or any of the other world religions can't compete because the other world religions are man taking initiative to God. Christianity is totally different. It's God saying, I love you. I love you so much. Look at the cross. Look at the empty tomb. I think something else Jesus would say to Tiger, he would say, watch out for the trap of success. I mean, Tiger, you are successful, obviously, in a worldly way. You're worth over a billion dollars and you have these endorsements and, and you can travel whenever and wherever, any woman you want, bam. Any fun fix, bam. Tiger knows that pleasure and possessions and trophies don't satisfy, he knows. And, and I, I doubt anyone here has the bandwidth that Tiger does to go after things like he's done. I think about Solomon. Solomon had way more stuff and way more popularity than Tiger. And Solomon took a free fall 40 years into stuff like we can't even imagine. And at the end of his 40 year swan dive into the cesspool of rebellion and everything the world had to offer, here's what Solomon said. Remember the Lord in the days of your youth. So I think Jesus would say, Tiger, your life is before you. Yeah, you're in your, what, you're 47 years old? I mean, that's great, but your life is before you. Beware of the temptation of success. And his, his failures and fumbles have, have been front and center, haven't they? Here's what Tiger said in an interview about, about his life. He said, I felt that I'd worked hard my entire life and deserved to enjoy all the temptations around me. I felt I was entitled. And thanks to money and fame, I didn't have to go far to find them. I've not been true to my values and the behavior of my, that my family deserves. I've let down my family. I regret those transgressions, interesting word choice there, with all of my heart. Tiger Woods. Temptation after temptation, the trap of temptation. I'm sure Jesus would say, you know, Tiger, when things are going great after the big deal, after the game, after the, 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 the successful lesson in the school, after the sermon, we're more susceptible to temptation. But here is the wonderful news. You know, Texas is a land of trucks, right? We got half ton, three quarter ton, one ton trucks. The Bible says God will never put on our frame more than we can handle by his grace and power because, he would tell Tiger, the moment we receive Christ, he puts the person of the Holy Spirit into our lives. I'm talking about the ultimate caddy. You know what a caddy is? I mean, caddies, well, yeah, they, they, they coach golfers. Hey, Tiger, let me see. Why not a pitching wedge in this situation? 
It's about 90 yards. The green's gonna break right to left. So he hears that and he does that. Now I'm not gonna hit this ball toward the audience because we have so many people that love to sue people. I'm not doing that. But we have great lawyers. You wouldn't believe, you would not believe how, how much churches are sued with crazy stuff. It, it, that's a whole nother subject. I want to get into that. So, watch this. This, this is going to be great. I just feel it. Well, I've got to take a mulligan on that one. You know what a mulligan is? Some do, some don't. A mulligan is a do-over. A mulligan is, I mean, great golfers don't take mulligans. It's like, I messed that shot up. You turn to your, to your friends, hey, can I take a mulligan? That means a do-over, and it's not going to go on the scorecard. Hey, hey, Tiger, Jesus would say, I'm the God of a mulligan. I'm the God of forgiveness. I'm the God of a complete and total do-over and makeover. That's how much you matter to me. And beware, Tiger, of these traps of success because here's what God does. God allows us to worship who we want to. We have a freedom of choice. And Tiger has worshiped pleasure. He has worshiped possessions. He has worshiped fame and fortune. He's worshiped performance. I think Jesus would look at him and say, how, how's that going for you? Tiger, you still have a hole in your heart, but I can give you a hole in one if you'll invite me in. We started Fellowship Church 32 years ago and we lived in a rent house. And this rent house in the early days of fellowship was infested by rats. Rats are smart. They were eating our food. I mean, they were so giant at night, I think they rearranged our furniture. They were that big. <laughs> so I bought some rat traps, did the you know, ubiquitous cheese. These things were, were so wise, we'd hear them go off at night, pop, pop, pop. No rats. So my wife goes, honey, I'll tell you what, it's gonna work. I'm thinking like, oh, you know, guys, when they're, because we're like the hunter gatherers, right? She goes, I'll tell you what'll work. You get a tortilla, because we're in Texas, and you break it off, put a little peanut butter on there. And she said, I think it might stick to the rats, like big old teeth and whiskers, and we can capture and kill the rats. I tried everything else. I said, all right, okay. So we got the tortilla, put the peanut butter on it, I called it the tortilla of death. death. <laughs> Set the rat traps. I'll never forget it. Side by side, three of them in our pantry. Go to our bed, turn out the lights. We're lying there that quick. Bop, bop, bop. Rent in there. Open the pantry door. Three monsters. <laughs> and I swear to you, because we're in church, they have peanut butter on their whiskers. <laughs> Be careful of the traps of success. That's why it's so vital, Jesus would say to Tiger, to surround yourself with the right people. Jesus dealt with temptation. Again, after his 
spiritual high point. He knows he'll never allow us to get into a situation he won't give us the power to get out of. I think Jesus would also say, hey, Tiger, I, I like your focus, man. I like, your, I like your drive. I gave that to you. And Tiger is, man, he is a focused dude, isn't he? I think he would also say this, and this might surprise some people. He would say, Jesus, I'm talking about, would say, I like your competitiveness. What? Jesus competitive? Are you kidding me? He's more competitive than anyone here, any professional athlete, any businessman or businesswoman. Jesus is more competitive. How do you know that? Well, just think about the Bible. I will have no other gods before me. I am a jealous God. But see, God's jealousy is not this petty jealousy like we have. Oh, girl, look at her, you know. <laughs> oh, man, is that a Rolex he has on? Must be nice. No, no, not like that. No, 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 not like that. God does not want us to waste our one and only life. God does not want us to waste our worship. And I believe Jesus would look at Tiger and say, Tiger, you're made, you're hardwired to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Don't waste your life. So I've got to ask you, who are you worshiping? We worship all sorts of things. Physiques, we worship money, we worship you know, tangible items, we worship fame. And, and, and they're very alluring. And, and in and of themselves, they're not all bad, but we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I think the last thing he would say, I think Jesus would say, Tiger, I want to invite you to join my golf course, literally. I mean, you've played at the best golf courses in the world, but the course I have for you, unbelievable. I talked to a guy, I guess it was about six weeks ago, and I found out he was a member of Augusta National, which might be the most exclusive golf course in the world. I asked him, I said, well, and just, I know this is kind of a dumb question, but hey guys, don't ever be afraid to ask dumb questions. That's all another message I do. Because we let the fear of people thinking we're dumb keep us from really learning. There's no such thing as a dumb question. It's another subject. Oh yeah, next week, do you know what I'm talking about? What would Jesus say to Donald Trump? It's gonna be huge. My friend, going back to him, I'm a little bit ADD, you can tell. My friend said, uh, you, don't, you don't ask to join Augusta. What? He goes, no, no, if you ask to join, you'll never join. And I'm thinking, how in the heck do you join then? He said, they have to ask you. Tiger, Jesus would say, I'm asking you. I'm inviting you into a personal relationship with me. You're all about victories, Tiger. Hey, the ultimate victory, victory over sin and shame and suffering and pain. Victory over the grave. We serve a risen savior, man. That's victory. 
Mulligans. I mean, mulligans, 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 and more mulligans. You live forever in heaven, tiger, because everybody is going to live in one of two places forever. So accept this invitation. The course is awesome. But again, you've got the caddy telling you how to live, telling you how to negotiate the maze of life, teaching you what to say, what not to say, where to go, where not to go. I'll hit one more golf ball. You mind? Just, just you know, I'm, I'm having fun. Well, that's pretty good. For me, for me, when you win the Masters, you get the green jacket. I, I want to get a green jacket. Have you ever seen those green jackets? That's like, that means you won the Masters. And all these golfers talk about, you know, you can talk about the money, the prize, whatever. It's about the green jacket. So, Derek, thank you, brother. Are you going to put it on for, oh, ooh, wow. <laughs> the moment we become followers of Christ, the Bible says we're clothed in Christ. So I gotta ask you, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? We're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. So when God sees you and me, if we've received Christ, he doesn't see our moral scorecard that's all messed up. He sees the righteousness of Jesus, the fact that we're clothed in Christ. Well, a lot of people are believers, but some here are kind of faux believers. We live in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. Some people here, I mean, you think you're a Christian, but you're not. You're like, ha, ha, ha. You throw the coat over your shoulder. I'm just a casual Christian, eh? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Fellowship Church. I come on Easter and Christmas. I'm a Christian. Now and then I'll just drop, you know, maybe $100 to the offering plate. <laughs> I'm just casual, just a casual thing, you know. If something better comes up, which it usually does on Sundays, I'll, I'll do that. But now and then, you know, <laughs> it's casual. Others of us, and this is very popular here, pimp Jesus. We take the coat, work on our pimp limp. Oh, I can do it, man. Turn the collar up. And we try to use Jesus. If I have enough faith, I'll get this or get that. And if I have enough faith, so we think Jesus is our messenger boy. Wow. Hmm. Then we have, oh yeah, a lot of people do this, reverse Jesus. I'm talking about the quintessential hypocrite. Now we're all technically hypocrites, but just work with me, okay? You know, we wear, we wear them and people are like, man, I thought that guy was a Christian. No, I mean, you're living like hell. But then when you go to church or the right people come into your life and you've got to close that deal. Oh, well, yes, I'm a believer. I, 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 hmm. And then we have another popular one, fire insurance Jesus. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wrap him around my waist. Something bad happens. I mean, I get into a financial situation <laughs> or my marriage is on the rocks or whatever. I, I, I'm just, oh, then I'll, then. It's my prayer, church. 
that this Easter we put on the robe of righteousness, that we're clothed in the green jacket, the victory, the forgiveness, the power, the strength of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we're playing his course and we're listening to the Holy Spirit who guides and directs us. Because what Jesus would say to Tiger Woods is the same thing he would say to you. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.